Thanks for tuning in to the Change Church Podcast. We believe change is more than a church. It's a culture. And we are living out our purpose so that others can find theirs. We hope that this message encourages and inspires you. Now, here's Pastor Elijah Hollis. Good morning, Change Church. Hey, it's a great opportunity to be with you. And uh, boy, I enjoyed worship today. <laughs> How bad I needed worship. I'm sure we all did after this uh 2020, what a year. We were saying that all year. Now we're saying, wow, what a week this uh, election week has been. And so just as we start this morning, could I do something? Could I pray for each one of us? And more than that, could you join me in just praying for our nation, just for a healing to be there? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're our hope, Lord, that you're our promise. Lord, that sometimes in uncertain times, whenever we don't know, and we seem to be so divided, and and it's almost like we we can't trust one another, we we can't like one another. I, I'm just amazed at some of the conversations I've heard and and things that I've seen out there on social media, and I'm not even one that's out there very often. So I'm thinking, what is everybody else seeing? Lord, today I just pray for healing for our nation. I pray for a healing for each person. Heavenly Father, more than anything, we need you today. We need your love. We need your grace in our lives. And Heavenly Father, we need to be able to extend that love and grace to each person. So I just pray for that. Lord, I, I pray that you would bless our leaders. The word we're going to share today tells us that, that we need to be in prayer for those that are in leadership. And so, Lord, I pray that you would always bless our leaders at all levels of government. Lord, I pray that you would bless in, uh, leadership in this church. Lord, I pray for Pastor Elijah, for Ashley. I just ask that you would continue to have anointing on them. I thank you for all those who are leading different ministries, church, who are leading small groups. And just, Lord, you'd have a blessing on each one. I thank that you give us leadership. Lord, we desire that so much. Lord, for it to be good leadership. And Lord, more than anything, I pray for godly leadership. So would you just bless this morning as your word goes forth. May it speak to our hearts, Lord, even as it spoke to my heart. May it speak to each heart, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want to read to you a portion of scripture as we start this morning. Uh, I actually came across this just in, in my Bible reading, kind of finishing out through the year here. And uh, I was on uh, uh, Titus 3 on Tuesday morning election. And I shared this uh, with some. I was uh, meeting on a Zoom call that day. And I want to read to you from Titus 3, your Bibles, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. And it says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true, true humility toward all men. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. As I said, 
that was in my devotions on Tuesday morning, share some. I didn't know how the elections had gone. I don't know how you're feeling today after uh, the news of, uh, of yesterday. You may be absolutely excited. I'm uh, here in Philadelphia and, and I've heard uh, all the excitement, the horns, different things from some, others who are upset. And I think back on this word that I read on Tuesday and I, I shared with some others of what it is that what kind of people we ought to be. And the biggest key I want to start out with here is, is a word that we see in there that says remind. Okay, Paul was writing this to Titus, a young pastor who he had discipled and trained. And uh, uh, Titus was kind of an overseeing the churches on the uh, island of Crete. And uh, uh, they were known for being... <laughs> Uh, just lazy, unruly people, different things. That's what their own people, their own leaders said about them. And they said about their leaders, uh, it, it, it was just one of those kind of environments that, that the gospel had gone forth. People had been saved. Churches had been started here in the early church. And so Paul's writing it to, to Titus and he's saying, you know, I want you to remind. And the word he uses here for remind isn't, hey, just mention this to somebody or you know what, remind them. And sometimes whenever I'm saying this, it's not just to remind here the day after an election has been decided and it seems like half of our country is happy and half of our country is upset. The word he uses here says, you've got to keep on reminding daily. It's got to be a constant thing of a reminder that uh, is going on. And he says, remind them, he said, to be obedient. Other places, Paul will talk about what it is to uh, Pray for those. And even whenever he's saying to pray for, for leaders and to be obedient, it wasn't because uh, they were for our side or they were for the other side or whatever we would say. You know, sometimes we've chosen sides and we've chosen labels and we put that on ourselves. But I'm glad today that we carry a label that God has put on us as what it said there in that scripture, that we are joint heirs with Christ because of what he did in our lives. And so this morning as we begin this, and I want to remind you of some things because Whenever I hear everybody talking, and, and uh, I watched it for years, uh, I, I wrote down, just as I was uh, starting to prepare this uh, message, I started thinking, how many different presidents have I had in my lifetime? I'm now 63. And looking back, I think it's, I figured out that it's been seven or eight Republican and uh, six Democrat, and the years of terms are somewhere around 36 uh, uh, in there to, uh, to 27. Uh, I don't know, you know, where it exactly figured out to. But as I was looking at that and I said, in the midst of those times, you know what I know? God has still been God. <laughs> still on the throne. People have still been saved. I look back over the history of my lifetime and, and pastor in the church and people whose lives were changed. And I didn't think about who was president or what year it was or different things and lives uh, that were changed. And people got uh, baptized in water and, and, and filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, people were called into ministry and they went all over the world and, and they shared the gospel. And, and, and people got married and they had children. And, and uh, you know, life continued on. And I did funerals for some that were just great saints in the church, uh, friendships, relationships. What I'm saying is, Life continued on. And you know what? Can I tell you something? Life is going to continue on. God is still on the throne. <laughs> whether you're happy or whether you're sad, I want to challenge you. Paul said, remind the people to be obedient, <laughs> to pray for their leaders. Courage. Not to slander anybody. But what would it be? <laughs> this is terrible. I'm glad the elections are over just for one reason. I'm so tired of political ads. Nobody tells me what they want to do. Nobody tells me what they're for. Nobody tells me what their policy is. All they tell me is how horrible the other person is. And I wish it was just one side. And then I can say, well, that's terrible. But it's on both sides. It's equally as bad. 
And I think, boy, they've never looked at this word. <laughs> it says, don't slander anyone. Don't tear down. Build up. The kingdom of God is all about building up one another. And so right now, if you're feeling that, that, boy, you want to just write something or you're mad about what somebody said, go back and read this word. Man, don't slander anybody. Do what is good. I mean, think about that. Goodness, it needs to be good. Uh, I was sharing with uh, Pastor Elijah earlier, Tocqueville, who was a, a French kind of historian, especially political historian, uh, in the mid-1830s came and wrote a book in, in America. And so that's talking 185 years ago that uh, uh, Tocqueville wrote uh, some of these uh, sayings. And he talked about you know what he saw that was good in America and what made us unique. And he said he didn't find it in the government. He didn't find it in all our resources. He found it in our pulpits, in the preaching of God's word, in the goodness of people. And he says, America is great because America is good. And if America ever ceases to be good, America will cease to be great. And sometimes when I look at both sides and how everybody acts, I'm thinking, wow, we're ceasing to be good. We have forgot goodness. And that's what Paul writes about here, uh, Titus. He says, remind the people of what it is to be good. So this morning, what I want to share with you, I want to give five words that I just want you to think about. These are kind of attitudes and actions of what we need to have. And I find them here in this word. And the very first word is humility. And I'm not talking about false humility or acting like I'm just a humble person. But this humility comes out of the fact of knowing who God is. And Paul writes about that all the way through here. I want to read to you again a little bit more. It says, but when the kindness, I'm reading verse four again, and love of God our Savior appeared. And you notice through here, it's almost tough to read if you're reading along. Paul is a master of the run-on sentence, okay? I always got in trouble for that in my English classes and my writing classes, was that sometimes I would just keep on going without taking a moment for a comma or a period. And some people say I preach the same way. And you may be thinking that this morning, that uh, uh, that's the way that I preach. It's just, boy, just all out. And Paul was writing that to Titus here at the end as he's sending this letter. He says, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, who he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Think about that. Everything that we have in the church, everything we have as Christians is because of God. He talks about God the Father, what he's done, the work of Jesus Christ, joint heirs, the work of the Holy Spirit, the washing, the renewal that happens in our lives, all that. And what that brings me to is the very first point always is humility. See, sometimes I can think I'm pretty important. And sometimes that's one of the great dangers we have in America. Everybody thinks they're more special than everybody else. We are only special because God has made us special. I'm special because of an anointing that he gave into my life when he forgave my sins. And he's gonna say in just a moment, verses I didn't read carrying on there after verse eight, nine, 10. Uh, but you know, he said, we used to be like them. And he goes on there and talks about sometimes the foolishness, the laziness, the sinfulness of what's going on. I, I'm not accountable for what anybody else might do or what their sin might be. I am accountable for I live. He says, remind the people. And the Lord would say that to us today. We need to remind the people. We need to do it by living obedient lives and leading, living good lives. And lives that will build up and encourage one another. And the reason is not because we would say, well, that person doesn't deserve it or this person over here that's on the right, or this person on the left, I just can't agree with them, and, and, and I just can't, we can't be friends. 
I am amazed at how much I've seen of that. And if it was just social media, but I've seen it amongst people that I know are Christian brothers and sisters. And I'm like, how can this go on? See, whenever we stand before God, you can put whatever label you want on yourself. The only label I want is that by His grace, I'm a joint heir with Christ. My sins are forgiven. Eternal life is promised to me. So humility starts whenever in relationship, we, wow, just say this, I don't deserve it. You know, I'm so thankful I don't get what I deserve. I don't deserve to be called a Christian. I know who I really am. It's not because of any family I was born into. It's because of any things I've done. If I could come up with all the good works, none of it deserves what I've been given to by God. And that's where humility starts at. Humility isn't necessarily thinking less of yourself. I know I have gifts. I know I have talents. I can look at a record and say, I've done good things. But humility is whenever I stand in front of God, I know I don't deserve to stand there, but it's because of what Christ has done in my life. So that's the first word. Second word here today is gratitude, okay? First is an attitude of humility, an action even that, that lives in humility, that values others. But second is gratitude. What are you thankful for? You know, we're getting ready. Thankfully, we're done with election season. <laughs> Uh, now we're heading into Thanksgiving, and hopefully we're all going to be able to get together as families. You know, it's funny as they all talk about this back and forth, and I'm thinking, okay, what if we don't all get to be able to be together, have the big Thanksgiving feast we used to have? Are we still thankful? What do you have to be grateful for today? I'd like for you, uh, matter of fact, if you've got it, just a little paper, or in this day and time, I hardly ever carry paper, so maybe it's pulling out your phone, open up the notes section or wherever you would put stuff, and just start to say, who are you grateful for? If you read on through the end of this chapter, you're gonna see that Paul begins to say that uh, Titus about who he's sending and, and who's been an influence in his life and who's made impact and who made an impact in Titus's life. You know, look back and say, not only is what God has done, but man, when I look at all the people that God has put in my life, great people, I am so grateful for how I have been blessed and how I've been loved. I'm grateful to live in America. You know, some people may badmouth and say that. I am thankful. I truly believe this is a nation that God has poured out his anointing and his blessing on. And I think he poured it out so that we could be a lighthouse to all the world. I love the opportunities we have for people to come in and hear the gospel message. I love the opportunity we've had to send missionaries all around the world. And I love missions. Missions is the heartbeat of God because God cares about people just as much as He cares about you. He cares about everybody else. I love the city that I live in, uh, Kansas City, uh, kind of that area. How many different language groups there are in that area right now? I love the different language groups as I'm around this city here in Philadelphia. It's a city that's known that carries a title of brotherly love. Now I've heard the other things about it and I've seen uh, their sports teams and, and sometimes how the fans act or oh, what they did with throwing snowballs at Santa Claus and that's always been kind of the joke. But down deep, you know what? We want to love and we want somebody to love us. Quite often I think one of the main reasons we can't be good is because we've never experienced the goodness and the greatness of God and His love in our lives. So I'm grateful for that first. Boy, I'm, I'm grateful for a family and how God blessed me and the wife that He blessed me with. I, I go down the list and I'm thankful for uh, my kids, for Jeff and for Ashley. I'm thankful for our son-in-law, Pastor Elijah. I'm thankful for our daughter-in-law, Jessica. I'm thankful for my three grandchildren. I'm thankful for friends that I made in the 30 years that I pastored at Overland Park First Assembly and all the friendships made. I'm thankful for people I went to college with and the friendships I had in my life. I'm thankful as I keep just unwinding my life 
and saying there were so many great examples in the church that I grew up in. I'm thankful for the family I got to be born into. I, I have one of those families, some of you know it. Uh, I have 14 brothers and sisters. And so uh, I always joke that I learned everything you need to know about life uh, while I lived on the farm, probably before I was at the age of five. I mean, I learned politics back then. You know, we do things. I mean, we were always kind of a seven-seven split, and you're always trying to get somebody to come to your side for whatever you want to do, so that you had the majority, so that you could get to do or uh, whatever you wanted to in the family, or whatever it was, whatever game we were playing, or different things. I'm thinking I understood politics long before I ever saw it being displayed out there. But the nice thing was, uh, we left it there, and as a family, we kept on <laughs> going on. I am so grateful when I look back, all the blessings God has poured into my life from the time I was born. And as I say, I'm even grateful to be born. Okay, if the average family has less than two kids anymore, to be number 11 out of 15, oh, that's pretty much a miracle. I'm thankful that uh, my dad didn't name the 10th one enough, or I've never had the chance to enjoy all the blessings that I've had in my life. So I say, when I look backwards, I've got so many things that I'm grateful for. And I hope as I'm saying that, you're beginning to write down. You know, maybe you ought to take a moment and maybe even express to those people why you're grateful for them. And that kind of leads to my third word that I have. And my third word is kindness, okay? When he says there that we need to uh, be kind, we need to be good, when Paul's expressing that, this isn't kindness that's, let me use the right terms here, it isn't passive. You know, kindness isn't just sitting around and saying, okay, well, I'm just not gonna say anything or I'm not ever gonna have an opinion and therefore maybe everybody will like me or nobody will bother me or different things. No, the, the kindness that the Bible talks about is an active kindness. Same as the remind was a continual thing to go on. Kindness has to be active. It isn't just being an okay kind of person or that you don't uh, interact with anybody or you don't ever do anything to make anybody mad. Believe me, growing up in a family of 15, as I said, we used to make each other mad all the time. <laughs> I mean, we used to have all kinds of frustration, but that didn't change that you were still family. And like it's anything as I want for America, hey, we may seem to be divided about everything, but when I grew up in a family like that, uh, we might go after each other. But man, if anybody else went after our family, we were all in it together. <laughs> and I always hope if nothing else in America, we can always be that, that we're all together <laughs> in what we're doing and what we're going after. But this kindness, sometimes I've seen people say random acts of kindness. I don't know if we need to do random acts of kindness. Why don't we do intentional acts of kindness? Why don't we decide, you know what? This has probably been a tough week on everybody. It's Sunday, but Monday's coming. I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna be intentional. I'm gonna be the one that's gonna be kind. Whenever somebody tries to be negative, I'm gonna try to be positive. When somebody tries to tear down and to slander, I'm gonna try to look for the good in it. I'm gonna try to build up. When other people would talk bad about somebody, I'm gonna pray for them. You know, all those presidents, I voted, okay, since uh, I guess 76 would have been my first uh, election I would have got to uh, uh, vote in. And so in that time, as I, I, as I voted different ones, I've had all different presidents. You know what? God hasn't told me which way I should vote. He tells me what kind of values I need to have and what I look for and what I look for in leadership. What God has told me is that I need to be faithful and I need to pray for those. Because you know what? God's ordained certain things. Sometimes we don't realize this. Sometimes I don't think we even recognize that Satan is out there attacking those things. I mean, God ordained the family. <laughs> he ordained life. He ordained the church. He ordained work. He ordained government. You know, let's be careful that we don't attack the things that God has ordained. That God has poured out his uh, leadership on and his blessing on
And therefore, I pray for that, for those who are going to lead us. And there was all kinds of elections. Sometimes we only think at one spot, but all the way down, what are those local be? I'm going to pray for those. I'm going to try to be involved in the city that I live, even the, uh, a, a small uh, or part, a smaller part of Kansas City on the Kansas side. I'm going to be actively involved in that. I, I support everybody. We do outreaches all around the city. You know, we get to do chaplaincy with the police department, with the fire departments. I appreciate all that they do. We get to work with city hall and different government leaders. We don't ask the question, do you agree with us? I say, I'm going to pray for you. I want you to go out this week and I want you to do intentional acts of kindness. Maybe even just write those down, what you think you can do or what you can do. Maybe keep track of them. You don't need to post them out there on social media. It's not about building ourselves up, but to say, okay, have I this day tried to do something that would make somebody else's life better? Or have I only been thinking about myself? So moving on from that from kindness, the fourth word that I have there is faith. You know, whenever he writes here and he says uh, to the church, he says, remind the church about what kind of people they ought to be. And the same faith, that step of faith that changed your life can change somebody else's. Do we pray for others? that God would change them. I worry sometimes when I hear people say, we want to change them so they think like us. I don't want to change them so they think like me. I want to change them so I want to pray for them. I want to see them experience faith so that they know God and they know His love and they know His grace. That's what faith is. That faith is so important because that step of faith, it, it talks about the sovereignty of God. See, all the way through this, he says, you know, God did this whenever you couldn't do anything. I don't care how good you'd been, all your righteous acts, you had nothing, he says. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So that takes us back to humility. And so sometimes we will look at people and say, you know, God could never save them, or God could never change them. The God I love, and the God who saved me, and the God that I serve can change anybody. Boy, when I look back and I think of that gratitude, I look back over the years, and I see lives that have been changed. I could tell you stories today and I could give you names and if they were listening, they would know who I'm talking about if I change the names of, of lives that have been changed and how those people have gone out to reach out and love others and God's put them in unique positions to do ministry. Sometimes in ministry situations, sometimes in work situations, in government situations. The opportunity just to build up into a point of their lives and see God's grace change them because God's grace can change anybody. And see, I wanna say something here right now. We are so worried about the government and what they should do, what they shouldn't do, and we talk about everything on both sides. You know what our one mistake is? We have given over to the government and expecting out of them whenever I see people say what they want, things that should be get done by the church. The church is the one that has been called by God to love people. We know people who are in need, and I'm gonna to read to you a verse in a minute here at the end, and you're gonna see that. But that's the ministry that the church has been called to. And sometimes we'd rather give it off to somebody else. And we'd rather build our big churches or do whatever, think that. But really, church is still always about one-on-one. -on -one. It's what God has done for me, and telling somebody else, and watching God do that in their lives. That's all I'm supposed to do every day. That's my intentional act of kindness. I wanna connect somebody to the love and grace of God. I can't make that decision for them, but they have to make it. So that's my fourth word is faith. And my last one is hope. See, I have a lot of hope. 
I hear people sometimes so negative and, and I heard it at the last election in 2016. I heard it in 2012, you know, and I heard it in 2008. I heard it back then, 2000, whenever we had the hanging chads and everything going on. I've heard this constantly be there. Oh, everything is, is, is horrible. It's gonna be ended. No, because I have hope in the one who's really in control of all the world. It says there that hope of eternal life. I have a promise. See, this isn't my home. And did you know that God's love works all around the world, not just in America? Sometimes we're so small-minded, we interpret it just in light of here. God so loved the world. Not one country, not any one party. Sometimes we wanna try and label that. God so loved the world, knows everybody. And without that hope, without that step of faith, the saddest part is they don't have the hope of eternal life. And so that as a church is what we should be doing first. We should be sharing God's love. We should be sharing kindness with every person we meet, sharing that love. I wanna to read to you a verse here at the end. And I'll read again to you verse eight, because he said, this is a trustworthy saying, what he's just said all about what God has done in our lives. And then he says, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. And then in verse 14 here at the end of this chapter, sorry, it says, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. I look around and sometimes I see people who are really living unproductive lives. I don't care what they've done or what they've accomplished. If they are not, first of all, experiencing God's love and grace in their lives and don't know him as their, their, their heavenly father, and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I, I heard from him, I long for him. I mean, that's, that's what I pray for, is for each one to have that more than anything. But then I look here and it says, we need to learn to devote themselves. Okay, you're supposed to be reminding them of this, Titus, he says. They need to learn it. This isn't something that comes natural, okay? I'm not just naturally a loving person. Everybody <laughs> knows me well. This is something God is continuing to work on me. And sometimes I can get frustrated and I can think, oh, this is what should happen, that's what should happen. I need to learn to devote myself to doing good, to do good works that's out there. See, the series that you've been going through, and I get to watch it back in Kansas City, is in, but not of, the world. God is calling us to be in the world and all kinds of different things. I mean, I hope that you voted in this election. I don't care who you voted for, I, whenever they talk about a record number, I don't know why we don't have 100%. I, I consider this a great privilege and a right in America. And you know what? I believe that uh, whatever is that uh, majority opinion, I'm going to respect and I'm going to support and I'm going to pray for. And I'm gonna be there and be involved and do all I can that America will be not only good because the people are good, but it'll be great because of the goodness of people and it'll be greatness recognized all around the world out there. So I want to encourage you here that he says there at the end, again, the word he used earlier, remind. It's people that have to learn it. You know, we have to go over and over. I hope you're teaching your kids. You know, it worries me when I sometimes conversations I see going on online, I'm like, what are you saying to your kids at home? Because they're listening to everything. What are you teaching them about respect that you can choose who you're going to respect or who you're not going to respect? Some days I wonder if maybe we haven't done that with God in the church. Well, I kind of like this law. I don't like that one, so I'll get rid of it. No, it's all of God's word is inspired. It's all true. It's all needs to be lived out. So I want to encourage you today, go out and do good works. I want to remind you. 
If maybe you've forgotten the midst of everything else, I want to remind you, do good works. Do intentional acts of goodness. See, it's not passive. He says it's good works. It means it's something you're going to have to actively be involved in. I wish that the world could see the church to be the church that God ordained, that Jesus Christ gave his life for, that the Holy Spirit indwells. I want to remind each one, be the church, be his church. Even in churches, we put all kinds of different labels out there. And I'm like, why? You know, I used to tell people, I can either choose to be the pastor of a church in Kansas City, or I can recognize that I'm just a pastor of God's church in Kansas City. Or for those of you who are listening probably here, tell that to Pastor Elijah all the time. You're just a pastor of his church in Kansas City. There's so many others, and I pray for all of them. So what I want to do this morning as I close, I want to pray for you. Because I don't know what you may be feeling. I don't know what you may be struggling with. I don't know. You may have even been listening to this word as I do and realize that, hey, <laughs> there's a little bit of conviction in there, Phil, what you need to live. But in whatever way, and for some, you may be the very first time kind of hearing this message, you may have sunk in and said, you know what? I need to recognize God's love in my life. I need to ask for forgiveness as grace and realize that he is going to wash me. Okay? I always tell people, uh, it's like I take a shower every day, or I try to anyway. Uh, whenever I try to take uh, that, it's because I get dirty. And you know what? I need to be constantly washed by his Holy Spirit because the world I live in, I just get dirty and filthy sometimes. And I don't want to be that. I want to be good. I want to be kind. I want to be encouraging. I want to walk in humility. And you know what? More than anything, the reason I want to do good works and the reason you can't slander other people, because when you do that, you're slandering God because that person is God's creation. He loves them just as much as he loves you, just as much as he loves me. And whenever we tear down, we're tearing down what God has built up. And so I want to pray with you today. I want to pray. I want to pray over Philadelphia City as I'm here. Pray over all around our nation. Just that we would be the church, his church, and truly love others. Heavenly Father, I thank you that whenever I read the scripture Tuesday, Lord, it just spoke into my heart. I didn't know how election was going to go that early in the day. I knew I had already voted earlier. I had done early voting about a week earlier. Lord, I, uh, I didn't know what was going to go on. But what I knew was, was that uh, it wasn't my choice to have to worry about what was going to happen going this direction or that direction. I need to have my eyes fixed upon you. You are the author and the finisher of my faith. And to keep walking faithfully after you. And so, Lord, I pray that there may be those who this morning are saying, man, I want that grace. I want that forgiveness to know, Lord, what I know is that it happens just that fast. It's a heart that cries out and says, Lord, forgive me. It's not suddenly doing righteous acts. It's not suddenly doing all the right things. It's because of your great grace that we have it. So, Lord, I just ask you to give that into the lives of those around. And, and Lord, that maybe they click on a button to share that with somebody else, or maybe they text a friend, or, or, or maybe they share it if they're in a, a watch group this morning, whatever, because, Lord, we need that. We need to have others rejoice with us. There's rejoicing that goes on in heaven with every person who asks Christ to be Lord of their lives. Lord, your word promises that. And Lord, there's rejoicing that happens all around with friends and family too with that. So Lord, just ask you to bless each one individually. Lord, I pray 
for your church here in Philadelphia. I've had a chance to meet some pastors, not a lot. I don't know all what they're feeling here. I don't know what sides they would find themselves on. The Lord, more than anything, I hope that they'll always seek to find themselves on your side, seeking to do your will, seeking to just love others, to encourage, to build up, to be kind. Lord, bless the pastors. Lord, bless, especially as they continue to pastor through this pandemic. It's a tough time to pastor. Leaders I work with in the Kansas City area and pastors I work with, I understand all the things that they're going through. So I said to you, just build them up and just uh, encourage them. Uh, Lord, and I ask that you bless all the people that they pastor, that they would go out and pastor wherever they work at, wherever they go during that week. Uh, I know that we're closed down. We can't do as much as we would normally would. But Lord, we can still have the opportunity through technology, even as I get to speak today to people, we can have opportunities to build up and encourage in other lives. And Lord, I do pray again for our nation as we go forward. Lord, would you bless this nation, that it can still be that city set on a hill, that bright light that's giving hope. Lord, I love America, but I love you more. Lord, I know there's people that sometimes I hear everybody speak against it, and then I think I see people wanting to come here, and I here and different ones I work with from different nationalities there in the Kansas City area, they love the opportunities that they have. Lord, may we continue to enjoy those opportunities, continue to be blessed, and continue to go forth sharing the gospel message. So Lord, you've reminded of this us th today. Help us to go out and remind others. When they would want to tear down, may we remind them we're people who build up. We're people who encourage. We're people who do good works, actively looking for opportunities to build up others. Lord, help us to do that. Lord, just continue to have your blessing upon Change Church, upon the leadership here, everyone that's involved. Lord, may they continue to bring about what they spoke of early, to work for city transformation, of lives that would be changed, and a city that would truly be a model city for others to look at. There's been a lot of eyes on Philadelphia this week. Lord, in the midst of those eyes, may they see the goodness of people that are in this city, people who still love you, who still hang on and rejoice in being called by your name. Lord, just bless this city, bless the city Kansas City I'm a part of. I ask all this in your name, amen. At Change Church, we believe in doing life together. If you want to connect with us, you can visit us online at thisischange.org or any social media platform at thisischangephl. Thanks for joining us and have an amazing week.